Welcome to A Way of Thinking. I'm your host, Jessica Huang. This podcast is a place of exploration to learn and grow from each other on the journey to becoming our best selves. Let's get to today's show. Our guest today is Nicole B. Cameron. Nicole is a self-professed soulpreneur. She is the children's book author of Layla and Luella, the owner of Boho Salt & Co., a macrame-based home decor company, and a Dharma yogi based in West Palm Beach, Florida. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. So Nicole and I met through our uh, another person who I met through our 200-hour yoga teacher training at Dharma Yoga Center. Um, and I am very excited to welcome Nicole to the show one of the things I, I find most interesting that you've been up to lately is um, your children's book that you wrote called Layla and Luella. So if you could start off, can you talk a little bit about the premise of Layla and Luella and how you decided to write this book? Yeah. So um, the book is about a little girl who uh, meditates to summon her superhero, who's also known as her higher self. Named Luella, and Luella teaches Layla how to love herself, and it's all through affirmations. And uh, she also, uh, or the book also does like a little introduction to yoga, so it introduces kids to yoga. And I decided to write the book because, um, well, at the time I was living in Los Angeles, and I was, I was really stunned by the homeless population mm. in comparison to New York. Like I had only lived in New York. I never lived in LA and there was just so many like homeless people. And it was kind of like sad. I was living in right in downtown Hollywood. And, um, I was just like, like, how can I help the world? Like, what can I do to like contribute more to society, I guess. And I just was like, I guess everything kind of stems from like how much we love ourselves, you know, like the more you love yourself, the more you, uh, like level up in life. And, um, I guess in all honesty, like the more successful you are and it, it really is like the foundation of everything. So, um, yeah, I was like, let's teach kids how to love our, how to love themselves. Cause we weren't really taught that in school. Hmm. So, yeah. I'd love you to go. So yeah, I love that. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Self-love is so important. And um, it's definitely something that I've been focusing a lot for myself um, in my own journey. And so I'm curious to hear more about like, what has that journey looked like for you, like in terms of finding your own way into self-love? Honest, it's been such a journey. Oh, man, I've like struggled with so many with so many different things like anxiety and mainly anxiety. Um, and so, yeah, no, I felt like no one ever taught me how to love myself or how to deal with my anxiety. Um, so when I had gotten really into yoga and I started like that whole journey, it just helped me so much and it still continues to help me today. Um, and so I'm just like, yeah, I would love to teach other people this to also help them. Yeah. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And so I, I know like part of the process of you creating Lelo and Luella is that you actually self-published. Um, and so what was that journey like? And um, and how how did that how did you decide to go that in that direction? 
Um, yeah. So I actually just YouTubed how to self-publish a book and, and I like moved into YouTube. I was watching, um, a million different videos, you know, how to self-publish and doing a ton of research. And, um, there's actually like a bunch of different ways on how you can self-publish, but the way that I did was, um, I went through a company called book baby where you, you basically pay them and then they help they help you do everything, like the whole distribution process. Um, but there are a bunch of different ways that uh, you can self-publish. Um, and the way that I do recommend doing like self-publishing is uh, through this website called Ingram Spark. Um, it's it's not as expensive as Book Baby. I don't know if I would go through them again just because the whole process was a lot. Um, but yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, and so did you feel, because was it harder to kind of like go through like a publisher or like what was kind of the thought process around going through like a, you know, a book baby or any of these kind of tools? Oh, like an actual publisher? Yeah. Um, yeah, so going through an, uh, an actual publisher as opposed to self-publishing is a lot harder um, when sure. you go through... <laughs> Yeah, when you actually try to go through a real publisher, they're doing like all the marketing for you and you basically have to like sell yourself to them. And it's just, re it's really hard. Like if you want to get a really great publisher, I mean, I feel like it's similar to the music industry where you're like a singer trying to find a record label, you know, it's like you have to like really prove yourself. And, and me being a new author, I was just like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? Um, and also through self-publishing, it really gives you the opportunity to just be in more control of your book and marketing and like uh, your royalties, you know, how much money you make. And it just gives you more freedom. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. I love the yeah. fact that you were saying that you just figured it out via YouTube because I feel like. That's honestly, in many ways, how I figured out how to do this podcast was like YouTube and like Googling things. So yeah. it's, I feel like it's a very similar journey where it's like, it's, it really is amazing what you can learn on the internet these days. And it's just, yeah. you know, it, it allows, you know, people like us who have, don't have the, ex, the extensive background and whatever it is we're doing, still be able to get our voices heard in these ways. So it's, I think that's really compelling. Yeah. I call it a YouTube university. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a school. <laughs> you can learn anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'd love to talk a little more about this whole, like the journey into, um, into Layla and Luella. And, you know, how did you decide that it was going to be a children's book, for instance, that you wanted to do? I, I think it's really interesting what you were talking about, um, you know, being really compelled by like seeing all the homeless people. But like, I, I'd love to get a little bit more of that connection between like, how did you start there? But how did you end up with this book that you created? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, I originally wanted to write a novel, like a fiction novel and create a story that... Um, would help people in that sense. And when I started, I was like, this is so difficult. Like, this is so hard. Mm. Um, and then I, and then I didn't, I had when I started researching, researching that I had no idea what goes into writing a novel, like majority of authors or a lot of authors have ghostwriters where 
you know, someone, they tell them what they want their book to be about and they write down all these details and then the ghostwriter actually puts it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it's not an easy task, you know? It's a lot of like going back and rereading and if you have like such a long book, it's just, it's a lot. So basically I was like, um, a children's book is easy to write. It's short, um, only has to be 32 pages long. So I started there and it's so funny. I wrote Layla and Luella like sitting on my couch, like in the notes on my phone. I was just like, and you know, I went through it and changed it a little like throughout that week. And then I was just like, this is it. Like, this is the story. Um, but yeah, it was honestly just all around, like, like just creating that one little like ripple in the world that would like make some form of change. You know what I mean? Like just doing something small can affect a lot of people, you know? And, and honestly, I had no, I had no expectations of the book at all. I didn't even think that it would like, I didn't even, I had no idea that I would ever like win an award for it or, um, even get like, I want, I guess you could say I kind of won like two awards. One was like a five, one was the five-star seal, basically just, uh, a panel of judges gave me a five-star rating. And then um, I was a finalist in the Wishing Shelf Book Award competition. So I didn't win the competition, but, you know, I was a finalist. So um, it's kind of like, yeah, I just, I had no idea that I would, that it would even go that far, that it would even reach that many people. Congrats. I just, yeah, I just did it. So it was just all just like hoping for the best and being like, universe I hope that you know this can reach as many people as possible because it'll help them (laughs) yeah I I love the like humble beginnings of you just like just imagining you sitting on your couch just like typing things up on in notes on your iPhone like it's just it's so great where it's just like it became a real thing and now it's like having this great impact and you know winning awards and and I, you know, I think it's so wonderful just the idea of doing something like a children's book where it's like giving people at such a young age that entryway into what, you know, what you and I know to be so wonderful and such like a great thing in our lives. Right. And and um, I, I mean, talking about like meditation and yoga, but like just that whole um, idea of self-love of, as something to be talked about with children, I feel like. I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that whole idea where it's like, we certainly weren't talking about that when we were kids, you know, that's something that came way later in our lives. So the idea that this book can help parents also kind of bring that dialogue into their families is just so compelling. I, I just, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I know. And I don't, even today I'm like, what are, like, what are these, what are the schools doing, you know, to teach that? I feel like it's just so important, like, or teach meditation or something, Um, and with my experience through meditation was, I just, you know, obviously you, you're bringing all this awareness to yourself and you're, you're becoming, you're becoming more aware of yourself and your feelings and all those things. And it's just so it, that's life changing and it is so helpful. And so that's why I was like, how can I like, teach kids like even like yeah the book introduces you know meditation because the because Layla meditates and then out pops Luella and um it's just like in a sense like that is kind of what happens when we meditate it's like you know you have like your higher self and I don't know like 
teaching you or yeah like yeah I don't you know (laughs) yeah no I I'm right there with you where it's it's that feeling where um you know we we are so consumed with our thoughts all the time and I feel like meditation is allowing yourself to kind of disassociate from the mind right like that's the idea where it's like you have your higher self and you have the mind, which is always busy. And how do we allow our higher selves to kind of come in and, and, you know, settle that, all that chatter that we're living in all the time. Right. Um, so I, I love the idea where it's like, here's like kind of like a physical manifestation of your higher self, right. In Luella. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think that's a very fun, like play on, on that idea. Right. Um, so, so that's really great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had a um I had a lot of fun writing it. It was uh it was an interesting process. And I surprisingly it was like it would all came together and a, a lot quicker than I thought. I thought, you know, it took like cuz I had heard people say, "Oh, it takes years to write a book." Mm-hmm. Um but in all honesty, the process was like I think like 5 or 6 months altogether. Is that including like getting all the illustrations done and everything? Yeah, like sending like the manuscript off to like a you know someone like a uh, an editor, and then yeah, finding the illustrator and um, the whole illustration process took like three months, I think, altogether, which is pretty pretty quick. Yeah. How did you like find your illustrator? Did you know them? (laughs) Um, No, sorry, I used um, a a Fiverr.com. Ah. Yeah, it's like a freelancing website. Yes, yes. And I just typed in like children's book editor and then went through a bunch of people. And yeah, I like I really lucked out the edit, uh, the illustrator just did such an amazing job for like the price point. Yeah, so I was really happy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Again, the power of the Internet is just really compelling these days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. YouTube and Fiverr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd I'd love to talk a little bit more about your journey. So where did, um, how did you end up like finding Dharma and like, what was kind of your journey into yoga and meditation? Like, so I had a crazy experience. I was actually having, uh, heart issues at the time and I was like blacking out randomly and I didn't know why. Oh my God. Um, and I kept seeing, you know, I was going to different doctors and different specialists trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Mm. And every specialist that I went to kept telling me it was something different. Like one doctor was like, they're like, Oh, we think it's your heart. Like you, you were born with a rare heart condition. And I was just like, mind blown, like what? And, uh, and then another specialist was like, um, they were like, Oh, it's, you, we think you have vertigo and then another specialist like you have it's just your anxiety you go and then another one it was just like you know all these different things me trying to figure out what was wrong with me and I just got so frustrated um and also at the time I was working in nightlife and I was working uh really late hours from 9 30 at night till four o'clock in the morning and I was just so spent like I was like physically mm. exhausted like you know working and I was doing that like four or five days a week And so I was just like, my body was just so stressed. I was, I was so stressed and, um, I ended up finding, I ended up going the holistic route because I was, you know, wasn't having any luck with the regular 
you know, um, medical industry. Um, so I ended up going the yeah holistic route and I found a, uh, Japanese healer where she basically, um, I like, she does, uh, acupuncture and Reiki and, um, she does like just basically all these different, you know, therapy. She, she gives you like different herbs and stuff, like based off how you're feeling. And she was the one who was like, you should get into yoga. I think you would really like yoga. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. So I actually ended up finding Dharma yoga off of Groupon. They had like a Mm. Groupon. It was like, I think it was like $20 for five classes. And I was like, let me try this out. And so I went and I ended up just falling in love with it. Like how calm and peaceful, like, you know, the classes are and the high you get at the end and just, yeah, I was like, this is so cool. And it ended up being so transformative for me, just that alone. And so I just kept going and going and, uh, yeah. And here I am. And then I wrote a book <laughs> years <laughs> later. <laughs> and so Dharma was actually the first studio that you went to for yoga then. Yeah. Yep. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. I, mean, I, I had been to other ones like here and there. Um, but it was more just like, oh, I went once like one time for that whole year, you know, just like a random studio. I had, I didn't really like you know, buy a package and continuously go and see what the studio was really, you know, like give it a chance. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Yeah. I'm grateful for, for Groupon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so interesting because, um, yeah, it's like some people that I've met through our studio have, that's been the vast majority, if not the only experience that they've had in yoga. And I'm like, man, I have gone through, hundreds of teachers and all these different studios like my journey was like very different wow so uh, yeah for so like I started yoga at 16 years old my mom took me and um and I have to give her so much credit for like getting me into yoga but it took me a long time to like really really get into it but it was yeah I I went to like yoga at a gym for a while. I, I like found a, like a good studio here and there and then I'd move. And then it, it's just been such a all over the place journey for me. And, um, it wasn't until I happened to come across Yoshio in, um, the studio that no longer exists now, just because it happened to be near Penn station and I was mm-hmm. commuting. And so I ended up taking his class and fell in love with it. And then like that studio closed and then I followed him to Dharma Yoga Center. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I love Yoshio too. Actually, when I went to one of his classes, I went to one of his classes um, as part of the Groupon and same thing. I just fell in love like with just everything. I was like, this is so cool. What amazing teachers are at like such amazing teachers uh, are at Dharma. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but to go back a little bit back to your journey. So you were having all these like heart issues and they had recommended you going into it. So was it really the therapist that you felt like really helped or, or like what, yeah, what ended up happening you know, I know you end up in yoga, but, um, like w- what combination was really helping you with, the, with the issues you were having? So honestly, I think it was all of it. Mm. Um, just, like going to her name was Mika, um, the integrative healing center, something like that. Uh-huh. I don't remember it was so many years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that 
it was in the Upper East Side and um, yeah, just all the practices all together, like the acupuncture, the Reiki, the herbs. And then she also did like this infrared heat therapy where you would like lay on the floor, like in this tube and they, all this heat would pump into it and um, your head would be sticking out of it. And it was basically you would just sweat profusely and it was a way to release um, all like the toxins in you. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like what started making me feel better. Like I, I just stopped um, having random episodes of me getting dizzy or feeling like I was going to black out, like random, it would happen like so randomly. I would be at work and nothing would be going on. You know, I'd be like at the computer or something like typing something in. And then all of a sudden I would just be like spinning, like the room would be spinning. And so, yeah, everything just, I just started getting better and better and better from doing like all these small little changes. And then it kind of trickled into yoga And then when I started doing yoga, I don't know what happened, but there was just such a huge shift where I, the dizziness completely disappeared altogether. So then like now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was definitely anxiety. Like I definitely had, you know, really bad anxiety. And then on top of, I really do have a heart condition. So on top of that, it just made it even harder because I was like, this doc, that one doctor told me it was my heart. So, um, you know, is it my heart or is it anxiety? And it kind of made it made my anxiety even worse. Cause I was thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, like, can this be fatal? Like what is going on? You know, it was just crazy. So yeah, yoga just really leveled me out and I no longer have any of those issues. <laughs> That's incredible. That's yeah. so interesting. So the heart issue is a real issue that you still have, but it's yeah. clearly not, shouldn't be causing you to have these dizzy spells and whatnot. And you were able to kind of work past that aspect. Yeah. Um, well, so the heart condition is called uh, WPW Wolf Parkinson white syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it's just a super rare condition that people are born with. It's like one in every, like, I think it's like one in every 30,000 or something. And what it is, is just basically you have an extra electrical pathway in your heart. So the symptoms Mm -hmm. can be dizziness or blacking out in like extreme cases of that heart condition. So that's why it was so confusing. Like they were like, we think it's your heart, but we're not really sure. And I was like, well, I never had any of these issues growing up, you know, like when I was younger, I never. Right. So it was just so weird. Yeah. Um, so it was just hard to, I mean, that goes to show people too, like, you know, when we have things that are wrong with us, you can, you know, our first thing to do is to go to a doctor, obviously like help, like help us. And then they do their best to try and figure it out. But at the end of the day, like, you know, your body more than anyone else will. So I just, I always tell people like, keep that in mind, you know, like, because you just, you just never know. A doctor could say, you know, you have this and they could be wrong unless, you know, unless there's a way to actually like prove it for a fact, you know, like an x-ray or whatever you have this, but Um, But yeah, something within like my case and my condition where it was kind of like, this is hard to figure out, but let's prescribe you medication just in case, you know, it was just like, oh my God, well, I don't want to take that unless we know for a fact. And that stressed me out too. So it was just like, what can I do to heal myself naturally? And, you know, to like, even if that isn't it, you know, at least relieve some of the anxiety that I am getting until we can figure it out, you know? So yeah, yeah, yoga just ended up 
like healing me altogether. Yeah. <laughs> Just sticking with that. Yeah, no, that's so interesting um, because it's true. I mean, add the stress on top of whatever the actual physical condition that you have was probably exacerbating what is going on. So it's it's so insightful to me that you're saying like, oh, but I want to first acknowledge the stress that I'm under, you know, and yeah. how, removing that, then how do I feel? You know, that right. that's really interesting. Yeah. I, and I forget which spiritual teacher said it, but one of them was say, said, um, I think it was Michael Beckworth. He was like, hmm. disease or inflammation cannot exist in a happy, healthy person, person's body. Like someone who's just happy all the time. Yeah. Because you create that positive energy field. Um, so I just always like thought, I mean, obviously there's different. Of course. It's a very complex subject. Yes. <laughs> But I always, I had that in my mind when I was going through this, I was like, they're saying it's my heart for something deep down inside me is telling me that it's, I don't think it's my heart. I don't think I have vertigo, you know? And it was just like, I need to relieve this stress. Like stress is just so bad for us. It just really, that is what can cause so many issues. So, you know, yeah. So mindfulness, meditation, yoga, that just like, yeah, it just relieved so many issues. So I think that that's another, yeah, that, I guess that is the another reason for my children's book. I was just like, there's so many things that, you know, that I guess, yeah, led to that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> I love what you were saying about just tuning back into your body and mm-hmm. how, you know, that you know your body the best and just that idea because I I think oftentimes people forget about that idea right like um I think uh, as we get older and and if you think about it children are very connected to their bodies right and as we get older we get disconnected from our bodies right because Mm -hmm. we're just like my body just has to tolerate all the stuff I'm doing is almost like <laughs> yeah. the thought process. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to take the stress I'm under and whatever is going on in my life. And it's, it's true that this idea where it's like, how do we tune back in and remember that like, we, we are the, we are the ones that have the lived experience in this body that we're in and, and that it, it is constantly trying to tell us things if we kind of listen in more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's, yeah, exactly. that's the idea. <laughs> and just what you were saying around stress is so true. You know, I I think back to times when I've had really severe stress and, and how it has had like physical manifestations, you know, like how often have we gotten, mm-hmm. how, how often do you get a headache for when you're really stressed out? You know, like even just little things like that. Um, how much are we paying yeah. attention to that? Right. Right. Yeah. And if more people, I feel like, yeah, if more people just tuned into themselves and did that, you know, they would be able to, they would learn a lot about themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like, just a little bit more about like your relationship to yourself and how that has kind of changed and shifted over time. I know you actually worked as a model for a time, correct? And I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I feel like that too. <laughs> that whole industry was so stressful. So yeah, that on top of the nightlife and working late nights and then modeling during the day. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was really stressful. Um, it actually 
modeling, it's funny. They say you need to have, they're like, oh, you need to be so strong-minded to be a model and all this. And it's like, yeah, it's true because, you know, you constantly have to worry about your appearance and you constantly have people judging you for your appearance. It's just so unhealthy. (laughs) But um, yeah, I... Be, like, I feel like just all of that, the, everything that I was doing, the modeling, the nightlife, um, that definitely was a draw and living in New York city, you know, New York is stressful on its own. Just go, go, go. So there's so much going on all the time. Uh, and so that really gave like that gave me, like, I went through anxiety, depression. Uh, I had like really severe social anxiety, all from, you know, just not taking care of myself, not knowing how to connect with myself, not knowing how to express my feelings and all those things, which is so important. And I know there's people, you know, out there who still struggle with the same thing, Um, especially after COVID. Oh my gosh. I'm like, every day I always think about that. I'm like, I'm so grateful that I learned so much and didn't even our yoga training right before COVID because I'm like, I don't even know. There were so many practices that we learned that like saved me during those times, you know, cause it was so like, I don't know. We, everyone, I feel like everyone in New York thought the world was like ending. Like everyone was just like, you know, we're all losing our jobs and it was just panic. And yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a level of stress. I feel like that we went through that of living in our tiny, tiny New York city apartments through COVID that I, you know, I don't think other people can really understand. Right. Yeah. Or relate to. It's just, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cause New York is already stressful. So to throw yeah. a freaking pandemic into that, it's like, Oh man, like a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of stress. So I was like, just coming out of, you know, everything that I was going through, everything was just perfect timing though, the way it all worked out. Um, so yeah, I've come, I've come such a long way on my healing journey. It's been, it's been wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just want to mention, cause I, I'm right there with you where I was like, I feel like the group of us that did our training, we literally did it in February, 2020, you know, right before everything happened. And I'm like, we're, we're just very lucky, you know? And I, yeah. I think about that a lot where I'm like, and, and just the wonderful people that, that uh, that were in our group was just so magnificent but I I'm with you where it's it's like the things I learned through that practice really helped me get through especially in those early days I feel like you know I was kind of relying on on just my practices to kind of keep me going um Mm -hmm. through all that chaos that we were experiencing so we were very lucky yeah and even during that time I was like trying to teach trying to teach everyone like because yeah everyone was just so filled with stress yeah yeah absolutely um so do you feel like after learning yoga do you feel like stress has your relationship to stress has really changed or what has that looked like for you yeah definitely um I'm more aware of I guess my triggers and things and you know I give way more time for myself and yeah, just so many different things. Uh, before it was always just like, it was just, I was, I would always push myself to my limit basically. Like, you know, until I like couldn't 
take it anymore. My feet would hurt so bad from working. And I would be like, and then someone would be like, oh, can you work the next shift? And I'd be like, okay, yeah, because I need the money. Not thinking about like how bad my feet were hurting the day before, Mm. you know? So really like just um, tuning into my body more and loving my body. It's so important, like mind, body, soul. I feel like a lot of people are very like mind, soul, I guess, where it's like, even though, you know, like when our, it's just so important, like when our bodies are hurting in any way to just, you know, love your body, tune into that. Why, like make sure you rest your feet or whatever, or, you know, don't work that next shift because your body hurts, love your body. You know, it's like those little things make a big, like are a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because, um, we tend to kind of, yeah, we override that thinking, right? You're like, oh, my feet are hurting, but let me override that thought and go, go and take an extra shift, even though my body is literally telling me like, stop. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I was living, you know, I was living my life like that for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, meditating, connecting to myself and being like, oh yeah, like, I don't, you know, you start to have these realizations, like, why am I doing that? you know, this hurts. Why am I continuing to push myself? I need to relax. I need to heal. I need to rest. Uh, so yeah, it was a whole, whole learning process. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, like, you know, you mentioned how you were working until four o'clock in the morning. And so I, yeah, what has rest looked like? Like, I'm assuming at that time, like what kind of hours were you sleeping and how, you know, I'm assuming you don't sleep those hours now. So like, what has that looked like for you? Oh man. Yeah. That was, so I would basically sleep through the whole day. I'd wake up at like 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, which is so bad. Like, you know, we, that's going against your biological clock, Mm -hmm. which is not good for your body. (laughs) So I did that, you know, for like, five, I think I did it for like five years. I was doing that. So that's a lot of stress. So it makes sense, you know, what I went through and, you know, after all that time doing that, how like spent I was um, emotionally and physically, but yeah, it was really showing physically. Um, so yeah, that it's like, there's a reason why, you know, the sun we're supposed to wake up with the sun and all that's like your circadian rhythm or whatever, everything's like in tune. So it's like, if you're like pushing against it, it makes sense what, how your body's going to be like, what the heck? And every, in, in those, those days when I would wake up after working all night, it would feel like I got hit by a car. Like my whole body would just be like achy. Cause yeah, I was forcing myself to stay up. Um, so late and, and I was wearing like, um, heels too. Cause I worked like, it was a lounge, like a fancy lounge. Um, and yeah, so taking all that into consideration and practicing self-love and really realizing all that, especially after, after the yoga training, I actually emailed my boss and I was like, I can't work night shifts anymore. I was Mm -hmm. like, I only want to work day shifts because they had, you know, you had the option, but it was like night shifts was you made more money. So it was like, should I, you know, torture myself to make more money? Or are we now going to, you know, aim for happiness and make less money? You know, so I had that whole shift and yeah. And ever since that 
that um, time period, I'm like, I will never work a night shift ever again because I'm not, that's technically me not caring about my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's something that you've had to to decide for yourself and be like, I'm going to honor myself instead and 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 not take those night shifts. Right, yeah. Yeah, I well, and I'm curious, like, how how did your kind of relationship with your body um, change, especially through working as a model? Like, how does that kind of factor into it? So that process, that was like, I guess that was kind of yeah, that was stressful too. Um, you know, because I would be, I guess, like modeling. Um, there's like a funny stereotype it's like they never feed the models like or I don't know why people say that I guess because like appearance wise or but it was it's kind of true like I would go on jobs and you know I'd be on my feet all day and then yeah like the client like wouldn't give us a break or like you know (laughs) give us time to go get food or whatever so it was like that was stressful too like oh man so um yeah modeling and then not only that um you know, you have like your agents who are like, you know, you don't, you can't gain five pounds. Like you need to stay at this weight. So now it's like, you're stressing about, you know, how, like what you look like physically and how much you weigh. And, um, so yeah, I ended up quitting modeling as well. Um, I think it was, it was a little bit before, uh, it was, I think it was like a a year before it was 2019 just for kind of the same reason. I was like, this is so stressful. I don't even like, I'm not even into this anymore. And, you know, I'm already working this nighttime job where I'm making so much money. Um, so let me like scale it back a little. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, I think what I ended up doing was taking up more shifts at night, which wasn't (laughs) the best, but it was all just a learning process and it led me straight into Dharma. (laughs) So I'm, I'm so grateful at the end of the day, like everything that I guess I went through. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Maybe you needed those extra shifts to really stress yourself. Almost like you needed a little bit more of that push to be like, oh, I really yeah. shouldn't be doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. Life kind of like, yeah, life will put you in the direction you need to go in if you just listen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious. You, so you started this uh, macrame home-based decor company. And so what, what made you decide to go in that direction? Like, um, how is, how has that journey been for you as well? Yeah. So I started that right before COVID as a way to, I was just like, let me start my own business instead of, you know, working, working in nightlife. So macrame, I was so interested in it. For anyone that doesn't know what macrame is, it's basically just you're like tying knots, basically making a a woven tapestry. Um, it's like a form of knot tying. And yeah, I just got in. I got into that. I really liked it. It was very therapeutic for me. And so I was like, oh, this is a great, yeah, great thing to make a business out of. You can make money doing it. Um, I'll be my own boss, less stress. I can work during the day, take some, you know, not work as many shifts in nightlife. And yeah, it was, that was just, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, dissolving the business and getting away from it actually, Mm. because I wasn't as passionate about it 
as I thought I would be. I kind of like jumped into it really quickly just to get out of nightlife and, you know, do something for myself. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting journey as well. I learned a lot and it definitely relieved a lot of the stress (laughs) from nightlife. Yeah. Well, I kind of love that idea, though, where it's like I I, it sounds like it gave you that entryway into entrepreneurship. And so it's Mm -hmm. like this was like your first like project, right, was around this um, this home decor company and then shifting gears and like, you know, going into becoming a children's book author. Mm -hmm. And so um, do you feel like some of the learnings that you had from doing the um, Boho Salt and Co. like kind of helped you as you were going into um, Layla and Luella and that journey? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I think it gave me more confidence to do so because writing a book and having a book is essentially, um, like owning a business, you know, like you have to market yeah. it yourself and, um, just like you would with your own business and yeah, very similar, but that's, yeah, that's why I'm like entrepreneur, same thing, whole other journey, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was funny because I I picked up from your Instagram that you called yourself a solopreneur, which I loved. Um, yeah. So where did that kind of stem from? So yeah, so I it's funny. My Instagram used to say entrepreneur, and then I saw I think I saw someone else with solopreneur solopreneur, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. What is that? And I when I looked it up, it said um, it said it's like basically an entrepreneur, but you're you're living your sole purpose and doing what you love. So, um, yeah, that's kind of also why I was like, I don't really want to do Boho Salt and Co anymore. I still have the, I still have the business and, um, it's kind of like a side hustle now, but, um, it's not my main thing because it wasn't, I felt like it wasn't my sole purpose Mm. in a way, you know, I was like, I'm bringing joy to people through macrame, making them things for their homes or whatever. Um, but I just felt like, I had so much more to offer giving what I had been through. And, um, and so I was just like, I, I want to help people in a greater way and focus on something else and make it bigger. Um, but you know, it's so, it's so great in life to just experience and do as many things as you can, because it's all a learning process and it will always lead you somewhere else. So yeah, I'm so grateful to like have given, have been given the opportunity to create my own business and then which led me to Layla, writing Layla and Luella. So do you feel like Layla and Luella has been stepping into more of that soul's purpose, soul purpose? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think after I wrote the book was when I gave myself the title soulpreneur. Mm, that started to like click in for you. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm doing it now. <laughs> now I feel like I'm living more of my soul purpose, like just helping people and um, yeah. Do you feel like you're living your sole purpose now? Like, cause you're doing the podcast and like, you know, yeah. what was your your journey? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. Cause when you were saying, like explaining what a solopreneur was, I was like, Ooh, I kind of love that idea. Cause I feel like that's the, um, like I, I was like, oh, I connect to that word like now um, in a way that and it's it's funny because actually the other day I was actually thinking about how the word entrepreneur is actually not a word that I am connecting with, you know, mm-hmm. so because I it feels I don't know, it almost feels too big to me. And yeah, but, yeah, there's something about it. <laughs> 
But when you were saying the explanation of solopreneur, I was like, oh, you know, I feel like that's actually a term that I could feel for myself because it, yeah, I feel like the journey that I've been on and, and, you know, in creating this podcast and everything has felt like, like living into my purpose. Um, So I, yeah, I definitely can feel that too. And it's, yeah, that, that's so much of what I, I've been enjoying of, of talking with people through the podcast is like, is, is watching people go on that journey to like finding their purpose and, and becoming soulpreneurs, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I love the fact that you've kind of just like tried all these different things, you know, it's like, I, I was doing this thing. It's not working. Let me try something different. I, I guess what kind of, what do you feel like gives you the confidence to kind of like try these different pieces or like what, what has kind of gone through your head as you're deciding to, to kind of venture in a different direction? Um, I think just like just the motivation to really want to be successful and just to better myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. <laughs> no, that's great. So what has it been like, um, like the journey been with Layla and Luella? You know, you were saying that you didn't know where this would kind of go and then you end up winning these awards. Like what has that um, been like for you? And do you feel like you're going to, are, are you thinking to write more books or like what, what do you feel like is the next stage in, in that process for you? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do see myself writing more books. I've even thought about like doing a spinoff of Layla and Luella and doing like different, um, races like on the cover Mm. or different nationalities um and kind of giving the same message but in a different way um relating to that culture um just to you know reach more people who can more people who can relate to it no I love that idea absolutely I you know it's like diversity is so important and I yeah you know I appreciate you having that thought you know um because that I, I've been realizing more recently just how much like seeing yourself in the characters in books, in movies and all that, just, you know, like there's yeah. been so much discourse around representation, but it really, I, I've been feeling that difference, you know, lately, because I think about when I grew up, it was like, I certainly didn't see that many people. I didn't see myself represented in that way and seeing yeah. it become developing now has been really compelling. And I'm like, it makes me really excited for the next generation where they get to see themselves um, in media in a way that I didn't get when I was, when I was growing up. Yeah. And I feel like um, a lot more people are more aware of that now, you know, I'm seeing, you know, in like uh, within movies and books and TV shows, people are really trying to make things more diverse to, um, you know, to help, to help each other, which is amazing. I do believe that the world that we are evolving in that sense. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's true. Like, um, it's also just being able to reach the, to a different demographic and have them, you know, it's not just seeing themselves, but it's, it's bringing them into that dialogue, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, be having them feel more, that's more accessible to them to have your story be told from their lens. Right. Yeah. 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 I think we all just want to be able to relate to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. Absolutely. Like what can I relate to and learn from? I love that. 
So, so you were talking about the idea of, of kind of branching off into more of books. Um, are there other projects that you're thinking on or are you kind of like, or, or has it really felt like you're finding that path that you really want to keep going down? Yeah. Like the more, the more I learn about myself and the more work I do on myself, I'm just thinking like, how else can I help others? And so aside from the book, I've been thinking about starting my own YouTube channel and I've been like writing scripts and um, kind of focusing it on mindfulness again and also manifestation. (laughs) Um, I'm really into like manifesting and uh, things like that, like how, how, how quickly can we reach our goals and um, how to do so things like that. Cool. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about manifestation and, um, and kind of how, how, how can we bring it into our lives and just talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. So manifesting, I was actually introduced to that, uh, when I was pretty young, I think I was around like 16 or so. Um, my mom had made me watch this documentary called the secret. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, and so at the time I became like super almost like obsessive, if you will, with it. I just thought it was so cool. Like, Oh my gosh, our thoughts create our reality. And, um, you know, we can basically all live our dream lives and do whatever we want as long as we believe in it and, um, take action to do so. Um, so yeah, manifesting. Oh man, what that's like its own rabbit hole. <laughs> um, it's or or wait, do you know you know about it, right? You yeah yeah. About, okay yeah. Um, and you said you watched The Secret. I actually haven't seen the movie. I I read oh, the okay. book. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. Have you ever uh have you ever manifested anything? Like, have you ever tried? manifesting? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Cause I, it's something that I have, I, I remember doing it when I got the secret, like the book and, mm-hmm. and I felt like I'm, I, I remember like writing things down and they, they did manifest, but like, I've had people tell me about like, um, that they would like manifest signs for things like that. I don't know if that's like the kind, but like, um, okay. you know, like, you know, if I meant to do X, Y, Z, like show me, like a red ball or something. I've heard of that kind of manifestation, but I think you're talking okay. more along the lines of like manifesting the best things for you, right? Is that kind of the manifestation you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so say you wanted to like manifest your podcast, like, you know, being super successful. Um, it's, you, it's a three-step process and you would just ask, believe, receive. So you would like ask yourself, can my podcast be really successful? Can I have my own studio one day? And then um, once like you affirm yes to that question, then you would say, um, I believe, I believe that. Like, I believe that my podcast will be really, really successful one day. Um, And then you kind of keep going back to that and really, really, really developing a strong belief system that that's what's going Mm -hmm. to happen. And then the third step receive you, um, you feel the feelings as if it's already happened. Like you're already living that life and 
you're supposed to uh, practice that, like those three steps, like every single day or as often as you can, as many times as you can remember to do it um, and really get into that vibe of feeling that. And then eventually it happens in your life. (laughs) Um, So yeah, on my YouTube channel, I plan on diving deeper into manifestation and teaching more, teaching people how they can manifest and like, um, because yeah, there's so many different, there's so many, there's so many different interpretations of it now and people teaching it in different ways. Um, And so I'm just teaching the way that has worked for me or, you know, it's all built around the same process, but um, people explain it differently, I guess. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm definitely, I'm like, I want to tune in. (laughs) Um, No, I think that's really interesting. It's yeah. It's so true. Um, I, I love that idea where like your beliefs become your reality. Like I think that that's that fundamental principle is just super interesting. Um, Mm. and it's, it's true. Like as you were talking through, this is the, the three steps I was thinking to myself, okay, I can see how it's like, you're really, allowing yourself to believe and, and really, really like digging deep in the the belief that like what you want to happen is, is going to occur. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so just because it's like, so often we're sitting in so much doubt, right. Or we're sitting in so much fear, um, that we're, we're essentially almost holding ourselves back from what we really want in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so you through this process, you're essentially doing the opposite where you're kind of saying, no, like I, I firmly believe that this is coming for me and going to occur. Right. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah. Mm, Yeah. You're just like, you're basically reprogramming your belief system and, and in doing so you're shaping your reality. Um, and then, you know, more things go into it, like believing you're worthy of it and, um, Mm having gratitude for the things that you have now, having gratitude for where you are at now. And it's just like, it's, it's a whole other, um, practice that can better your life. Yeah, absolutely. So do you feel like manifestation is something that has really helped you like with everything that you've been doing or how, how has that come into play for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like i honestly feel like I manifested, my book, um, Mm. you know, reaching as many people as it did, because I didn't expect that to happen, but I did like have a belief that it could be possible. So that's kind of the, the trick. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So I think let's kind of wrap up here and I kind of have these like final questions that we can go through. Um, so the first question is, how would you describe your current relationship to yourself? A lot more loving, <laughs> a lot more patient and um, definitely more confident and really like listening to my feelings. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what is the best lesson that you've learned recently? Best lesson that I learned recently probably be that you can't always be right. Mm. Yeah. Um, even when you think you're right, like a hundred percent, there can always be, there can always be something else 
I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's always some more to the puzzle, right? That you're, you know, you can always look at it a different way and, and there's more, there's more there than you're even realizing oftentimes. Maybe that's yes, a little bit exactly. Of it? Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm like thinking about like, um, my, my like relationship with my boyfriend right now and we'd be like, there's definitely, you know, there's a chance that that person could be right. You just have to, you know, breathe and give yourself time and, and try to understand from all angles. And yeah, I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our relationships with other people, it's like, we're so, we're often so convinced that we are right. And it's like, how can you have a little more openness to the other person's point of view or perspective or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what do you consider most valuable to you right now? Honestly, I feel like my yoga practice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree <laughs> with that one. So I feel you there. Yeah. What is something that you are currently working on, on yourself? Definitely still working on uh, self-confidence and speaking in front of a camera, which is why I'm um, doing my YouTube channel to work on that. Very cool. And this, this podcast is um, definitely helping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I can provide a little bit of practice here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, basically. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. And what do you feel like is the number one skill that you believe everyone should work on? Self-love, working on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I believe like instead of like trying to fix other people, always work on yourself and in turn it helps it helps everyone. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. It starts with you not mm-hmm. like trying to you're not, we're not trying to fix other people it's like how do we work on ourselves first i love that yeah mm-hmm. exactly awesome um so so that's the end of our final questions um thank you so much nicole for joining us on a way of thinking it was so lovely talking with you today yeah thank you for having me this was this was really fun Awesome. So you can find Nicole on Instagram at Nicole B. Cameron. And um, you can, there's a link in her bio for purchasing Layla and Luella. Um, or N- Nicole, do you want to say where else you can find Layla and Luella? Uh, yeah. So it's available online um, at Barnes Noble, Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Awesome. So, you know, check out the book. And thank you so much to everyone listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to A Way of Thinking. If you loved this episode, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends. I hope some of the beautiful wisdom shared today resonates with you and perhaps creates some change in your way of thinking. Remember that I believe in you and I am so excited for the day that you believe in you too. Let's continue learning and growing together. 